We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Man, that, that is going to really upset the chat, the chat group that we have. <laughs> People are like unsubscribe. I just don't see the only reason for trade negotiations to be private is because somebody doesn't want to publicly show how much they're trying to screw the other guy. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit RotoWire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Premier League edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Uh, Andrew, you've always been around the podcast, but I haven't been for a little bit because we had a little uh, uh, FA Cup slash Carabao Cup slash Champions League break, but that doesn't mean a break for you. But uh, I'm well-rested, which means I'm probably going to grate on your nerves very quickly. Is that different from when I'm well-rested as well? Um, I don't know, but but <laughs> let's get to the grading, shall we? Uh, we were just talking before the podcast about um, our EFSA teams, and uh, I made some news uh, along with Hesh. Um, we made a trade. Um, and Is this like really the first blockbuster trade of this league, like ever? Like I can't think um, of anybody no, trading Firmino, somebody. No, Firmino was traded like a week before. Firmino was? Yeah. 
proves how much I'm paying. Let's see. Firmino for Eric Peters. That can't be the whole and deal. Cash. Cash. And cash. Okay. And so uh, and and Hesh put in the put in the league chat that you know he was look potentially looking to move on to um, move on from Salah because it's just not working for him this year. And so I told him you can have any combination of players on my team that are not named Kevin De Bruyne or Alvaro Morata. Just pick, you know, and you can have and I have like a certain amount of cash. Just take take half of it. I think I had forty dollars in cash. You can take twenty. The the outrageous part of that is those are the players you should be getting. When you trade Mohamed Salah, not both like, like not a two for one, but like those are the levels of players you should get back when you trade the guy who's possibly going to win the golden boot. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll talk about Salah's individual performance when we talk about Liverpool's matchup this week. But basically uh, I was, I, I, I've been trying, I basically all I, all I told him was like, you know, the only thing I told him was like, look, you know, this hampers my, you know, my uh, financial flexibility in the league because there is a salary cap for keepers and there is a um, well there's a there's a I, mean, I don't know if there's a salary cap for keepers per se but it does hamper your ability to draft in the next year because their right it takes their away budget from your... it takes away from your budget to draft and I will have two of the most expensive players going into that keeper system right if I decide to keep both if I don't move on from one of them um, you know that's the only thing which, I said. which should be of absolutely no concern to Hesh. Correct. So, I mean, I, to be fair, to be fair, I offered him what I I offered him like five different trades. Like I offered him uh, Mikel Antonio, uh, Matt Phillips, uh, Pedro, you know, Danny Rose, like all sorts of combinations, and we ended up settling on. And what he wanted was Pedro, Jordan Ayew, uh, Danny Rose, and James Milner plus twenty dollars in cash, which is. Um, you know, half of my budget for the rest of the season. So I'm basically not making any more pickups unless I get injured. Um, so, you know, my, my lineup now consists uh, in, in a league that starts three, six, nine players to all 10, including the goalkeeper, it looks like. With one forward. Like we start well, one yeah. forward and, and we have a utility, but like forward is very shallow in this league. And it's 20 teams. Right. It's, <laughs> it's 20, 20 teams. League. Right. We have... It's fourteen like roster spots per team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, injuries can kill you. Um, and or guys getting transferred to or loaned to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, that that certainly hurts. That's not killing, but yeah. Uh, well, basically, you know, when when you have a team that has Mikel Antonio and Matt Phillips on it, you, your midfield's going to be weak outside of my star player, which is um, Kevin De Bruyne. So. Now, I mean, now I have now I have three legitimate stars, and I'm doing the stars and scrubs. So basically, my lineup is De Bruyne, Salah, and Morata. Who Morata, by the way, not a guarantee to start anytime soon. Um, you know that that's the crux of my team going forward, and I, I don't think many people are going to be able to compete with that. That that's my strategy, and even if I get as long as I get positive points, like decent amount, I, 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 you know, if some because my, my defense is Cuco Martinez, Simon Francis, and Martin Olsen, not exactly world beaters there, but you know, as long as they get points, that's cool with me. I mean, Mikel Antonio had a good game not that long ago. Um, you know, there's really not much else. I mean, I was able yeah, I, to pick up. I, I don't know, and I and I have Omar Nias too, because so I have three forwards. Yeah, I mean your your side of this trade. Um, I mean, it, it was a classic uh, quantity for quality, 
which happens in fantasy leagues all the time. Some guys think I just can't, um, you know, having depth in this league is rare. Uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, and unfortunately, or the way I'm looking at it is that Hesh added depth and not even depth for his own team, but he added like depth pieces from the actual premier league teams. Like Danny Rose doesn't start. James Milner doesn't start and Pedro doesn't start. And and when I say start, I mean like every week, you know, they're in. Yeah. So he traded for Jordan. Ayu. Well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, his his competitiveness this year, he doesn't care. So that, that, that makes it so much worse. Well, here's basically, who are you keeping? So, so the way so Danny, so Danny Rose, so let's put it this way. Let's say, you know, the rumors are true that Manchester United are bidding on Danny Rose, right? And Hesh and I did not talk about this during the trade, but the way that I the way that I see his mindset is: look, if Danny Rose becomes the left back of Manchester United, led by Jose Mourinho next year, that's Dan. That, that means he's going to be a good value at twenty dollars. Jordan Ayew's one dollar. Um, you know, there is no question in my mind that Ayew is the best player in that deal on his side. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, second is Ayew was going Ayu was going to be a permanent fixture of that deal. Yeah, and. I mean, not, yeah. not, the, the way, the, the reason why I have, why I, I get so aggravated, particularly this league, but <clears throat> the way that when this started, none of us had done an auction. And so, and, and even when we figured out what we were going to do with auctions, like prices um, are always going to be out of whack, whether, um, you know, if it's two guys who really like a player and 18 of them don't. That, that player's price is going to be vastly higher just because it's a market market price. It's whatever the highest person is willing to pay, that's the value, the price of that player. Because of that, or at least early on in the first year, we had a lot of guys. Uh, I don't even remember who the most expensive player was in the first year. but It, it was, was Alexis, I think, at 70. At 70, like right. And then I bought Pogba at 125, and everyone thought it was nuts. Pogba is now like the third or fourth highest player in the league. But like we basically realized that the way to do this league is not with a bunch of $30 players. It's that you need at least one star and you get that by paying a hundred and then you fill it out. Like you can get, and I say that the first place team in our league's most expensive player is David Silva at 52. That this is I don't even know whose team this is. I just happen to click at the top of the standings. I'll also preface this by saying my team is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that, like, you can't find guys cheap. Like, this first place team has Marco Arnautovic, Fernandini, or I'm sorry, Johan Kabai and Gundogan, Ilkay Gundogan at $1 each. Like, you can get guys cheaply. I think me getting Gabriel Jesus for a dollar was, was fluke, like a total fluke. Like you're saying, like Danny Rose could be the best fantasy left back in the league, and and you would definitely take him for twenty dollars. Like I have Antonio Valencia for one, so like yeah. you don't need to overpay for guys like Danny Rose, who maybe will play for Manchester United next year, maybe not. <laughs> like who knows who? Maybe he's playing for West Ham. You know, like we don't know where he's playing. And I, I mean, basically, Pedro, I think I, like I just. Uh, Mostly, I'm, I'm mostly upset because I would have just given Hesh the cash for Salah. I would have just paid, what was it, 150 Like, I have that. 
and I would have paid it. And I'm just upset that that trades are done in private. That's really my that's more of a fantasy sports problem well, that I have. But like I would yeah. have been more than happy to to outdo what you offered for Salah, but I had no idea that. I mean, it took it took two weeks. It took two weeks. He was looking for other offers. He just did. He said he. I mean, he said, you know, two weeks ago that my offer was the best one. He's just going to wait a little bit. What what would you have done if he announced to everybody that the deal that he eventually accepted? He's like, I'm going to accept this deal unless somebody can beat it. What's your reaction to that? Um, that's not normally how stuff works. I I agree. I agree. But what would would you you pull your offer? No, I mean he has the leverage. Like he can do what he wants, but yeah, you it, it does you it, cancel it. it but it does say, impact, now you have it, nothing. But it does impact the like the trade relations in the future. Like if he wanted, if I was say, let's say I he has nobody to left to trade you. Let, 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 well, let's say I let's say I put De Bruyne on the block at some point, right? I'm gonna instantly like not accept pretty much any of his offers. He he he's automatically disqualified himself from the running, even if he had the best offer. It would it would have so you're to be a buck. like spiting yeah, yourself. I, I would I would be no I would be, I would try I would I would try to leverage and charge them tax on it because basically like look I'm not like like no, right or, so, so or, you're, or, you're gonna tell or, or I would do this or I would do the same thing to him right yeah. right which I think is great which is fine I, I mean I think like I said it's just it's I haven't thought about it so these are just my knee jerk reactions it sounds like it's. It's. I mean that that sounds like the right thing to do because I, it's new and it's fresh to me and I like I like the innovation there because it's going to get you the best offer every time. Um, like I do find it funny that the, the idea all, that but, like but, I'm going to charge him a tax. Like I'm actually going to accept. Like what that means is I'm going to accept a worse deal because you effectively exposed a, an agreement we had. Like you're hurting yourself with that, right? Like I can, um, I, 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 seeing what the deal was, I think, I think, at least ten people would have beaten that deal, had we known that's like what the level was. I think a lot of people just see most long. They're like, oh, I, I don't have enough to get him, and then they see what it took to get him, and they're like, I had that, I could have done that. I mean, maybe it's not that many. I, I haven't checked most yeah, other I, teams. I, pretty much, whenever anyone says that they have someone on the trade block, I give them an offer just to see what the what the market is. Which is which is absolutely the right way to do it. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not active enough in this league to have to really be complaining as much as I am. I'm mostly just jealous that you got most Salah in this deal. <laughs> it's a guy a who I did not you want at the beginning of the season. <laughs> anyone else gets him? I'm like, hey, good good deal, man. Way to go. Especially because I now have two players who I did not want. Basically, I did not want Mo Salah at the beginning of the season because I, I thought it was going to be overpriced, and Hesh, I also did Hesh not want Kevin De Bruyne. Salah's price is that high because Mo, because Hesh and I were going that high. Yep. Yeah, because Mo, Mo, I have Murata at 126, and there, I have there's no Salah way you're keeping at, Murata at 126. By the way, uh, it depends Zero on what the transfers are in the offseason. Uh, Mo Salah is 116. Here, well, I'll, now I'll that I have Mo Demarai Salah at 116, Gray, Michi Batshuayi in 20 bucks is that enough? That seems like the going level for one for hundred. No, okay. Oh, I'll throw in Ruben Loftus Cheek for a dollar. Ruben Loftus Cheek, uh, like you, like you're joking about Ruben Loftus Cheek right now, but Ruben Loftus Cheek at a dollar going into next year is is pretty good. That's why I'm offering him up for Morata. Well, <laughs> Would you do that deal straight? Just just uh, Loftus Cheek. Loftus Cheek for a dollar. 
if Morata didn't play for Chelsea, that, that that might I mean that might be that might be something I could no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I understand your point, all right? <laughs> but no, you have I mean, like you know, if you, if you offered me like Antonio Valencia for a dollar and yeah, you know, for example, I know you wouldn't do this deal, but uh, I mean everyone would everyone would do this your side uh, my side of this deal, but if you offered like uh well, let's just let's just put it at Salah, right? 116 Salah for Gabriel Jesus at a dollar. Yeah, no, I would definitely keep Jesus. Yeah. You should be giving me more. I mean, I, I think I as a straight up deal, I think that would be, you know, most a lot especially going you know, that's an we can do this in the off season when we get closer to the off season, there's which is not that far in EF, so there's only 5 regular season weeks left. Yeah, I'm just thankful that there's not a is there another division cuz I'm going to get relegated. No, no, I guess just, I no. need to pick myself up here and not keep starting Michi Bachuai, but who I also have for a dollar. Um, I think you know, we're, so, at the the, the teams, we're at the max number of We're at the max number of teams because there's only twenty goalies. Um, no, that, that's helpful. You're right. Well, no, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a whole. I guess coming up is different, you get the team. Yeah. You get the team's goalkeeper. Um, so I would make the argument that Jesus is the most valuable player in the entire league. Yeah. Because of the one dollar price yeah, and the yeah, lack of yeah. inflation, yes. Yeah, but you better believe and that there's, there's going to be some sort of uh, Valencia, Trippier, and Loftus Cheek, who I all have for a dollar, coming your way soon. I, I'm very excited for the Trippier part of that because you know that I know you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll likely be in touch, is what we'll say. I mean, a lot of people I just are so going. You know, I'm going to publish the whatever I'm about to accept and see if anyone can beat it. I'm going to do that. <laughs> In fact, I would be fact, the one who would that. do that. I'm going to just, I'm going to offer it up to everybody. And I'm going to say, I will only accept a deal that has been publicly offered. Man, that, that is going to really upset the chat, the chat group that we have. People are like unsubscribe. I just don't see the only reason for trade negotiations to be private is because somebody doesn't want to publicly show how much they're trying to screw the other guy. It's the only reason. They don't want to be like, did you really offer that? Like, there's like shame to it because you're trying to just steal somebody, which is exactly what you should be doing in a trade. Like the whole like, yeah, it should really be helpful for both sides and all. Like, of course. I believe, yeah, I believe like, in the, the past the goal I, I've, made, I've made a public offer. What's that? In the past, I, I think I made a public offer in the past in the same chat group. Like, I'm not afraid to just throw my name, throw the names out there. And, but the only thing I don't like is that when you do it publicly, like other people are going to give their two cents, but not offer another, but not offer any kind of package. And so they're not, who, who they're not participate, to... they're not participating in the trade. They're just trying to block the other people by just putting in negative thoughts. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. I, I encourage that. If you're not willing to participate, you shouldn't participate. Like but that is the participation. What, that's not participation. That's just that. that it, ugh, that's just annoying. <laughs> that's like presenting problems with no without having any kind of solution. That seems like something you would love. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I, I I understand why these things are done in private. I think trades would be better if they weren't. I think there'd be no trades. Really? Yeah. 
Because I think, because especially with 20 people, right? There's going to be like a loud two or three people that are going to be like, no, and present some kind of argument for it and then be like, this is BS. I'm going to quit the league or something like that. They're going to whine I, and complain. I encourage that discourse. I think that's it's not better. discourse. That's just childishness. We're talking about fantasy sports. Fair. <laughs> I mean, it, fair. I just. Uh, I'm I, being a little too self serious. I'm, I'm a little. I'm more so on like a fantasy sports soapbox right now than I am complaining about this trade, although it gave me a great opportunity to do it. But And you I were just, afraid I was going to gloat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was prepared. I was like, I, I got myself ready for as much as we prepare for these podcasts. I've been thinking about how I was going to try to take this conversation away from you gloating. But you can't gloat. Because if I, you gloat, I, you'll never trade with Hesh again. Because Hesh will be like, oh, screw that Hold guy. on a second. Hold on a second. I don't gloat that often on this podcast. I no, just you don't. don't. No, no, no. You don't. <laughs> when, Chelsea won, when Chelsea won the Champions League, I did not gloat. Yeah. Premier League. Premier League. Yeah, that, both. <laughs> I don't know if we had a podcast. Well, we, we, we didn't have the podcast back then, yeah. But no. No, you're right. Chelsea, you're right. Yeah. What's funny about it, though, is that when I mentioned that, there were plenty of people on Twitter that were like, oh, gosh, you're right. Or, like, they can't wait to hear you gloat because, like, they they're like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Most people just don't listen. They download and don't listen, which is the perfect way to do this. No, I think it's better to just play it but don't listen. Just make oh, sure okay. you get a full listen in. Yeah, sure. sure. But anyway, that's a great trade. I don't think you're going to keep Murata. I don't think Hesh is going to keep anybody other than Jordan Ayu. Or if he does, he's really going to hand, uh, handicap himself. No, I mean, I, I do. Th- I mean, I, I seriously think there's a lot of value to Danny Rose next year, not this year, and he's not playing for this year. Yep, yep. I should start playing for this year, just to <laughs> not finish last. Yeah, oh, you know, we, we we and we can talk about it in the off season, but the 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 concept of the of the fullback who doesn't have a threat of a backup I, I, that's going to be rare going forward. I, I think that there's been a blueprint put in place. Um, in, in fairness, Trippier was that when this auction happened. Sure. And then, although and then, I had and then they bought sorry, two weeks later, I kept Trippier. Never mind. Yeah. I happily kept Trippier. Yeah, and then Aria But then they bought Ria two yep. weeks later. Yep. Yeah. And and you know and and Chelsea now have you know good backups at both fullback spots that always make you nervous. Um, you know. It, it, I just think that the fullback position is going to be one where there's going to be depth. It's going to be like a fullback by committee, like there's a running back by committee in in the NFL. But we'll talk about that when we go into strategies in between seasons. Yeah, this isn't also like a fullback, like a fullback requirement in this league. Like the center backs are plenty valuable in this league. Yep, I'm starting. Well, I have one, but he's on the bench. I have Mamadou Sacco, but I'm not going to start him this week, but. Could you name five stats that we count in this league, not including goals, assists, and shots? Well, the it, it's the attempted passes that like there's like there's like a pass stat. There's a uh, uh, there's accurate crosses. Um, there's tackles in this league. Um, I believe interceptions is on there wow, too. So you, you do okay. Yeah. Right. No, I, I I know the categories. Wow. Okay. I guess mainly, you just be, did a mainly, huge mainly trade. because af- mainly because after that trade, I needed to pick up like yeah. two or three players. Yep. Right. Right. So who did you pick up? I picked up uh, Simon Francis, and I picked up Omar Nias. Right. So do you think Danny Rose is $20 more valuable than Simon Francis? Yes. Going into wow. next year? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Going into next year, yes. This year, probably not. Something would have to happen to Ben Davis. 
Okay. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. But that's I mean that's our that's our EFSA update. Uh, <laughs> kind I'll, of a I, big one. I'll note that the uh, the highest scoring um, among the highest scoring defenders. What is this? One, two, three, four. Oh, Marcus Alonso. So the top three are center backs, and two of the top ten are center backs. Yeah, because they do a lot of passing. Right. I'm saying like the fullback situation is irrelevant in this league. I apparently have too many fullbacks. <laughs> yeah, we went in with the wrong mindset, I guess. Because I mean, I know that I know that Chris actively wanted to make center backs and center defensive midfielders and goalkeepers more relevant this year than previous years. Yeah. So, mission accomplished. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the uh, Premier League. Uh, we have uh, we have a full game week slate for game week number 28, starting on Saturday, 7.30 in the morning Eastern time. We have Leicester City taking on Stoke City. Uh, for Leicester, we've been saying for a long time, well, for a while now, that like they are like one of the few mid-table teams, you know, and... You know, which is fine, but in their last five games, they've performed pretty much like a relegation team. You know, drawing two, losing two, and only winning once, and that win coming, um, that win coming against the Watford side. And they, I mean, they they, they played Chelsea and City in their past five, but the other three it was Watford. I think, uh, I think Swansea was in there, uh, and Everton. Right. So I mean, it's not exactly world beaters as the other three, and you know, just kind of. Doing I mean, Jamie Vardy has been doing great. He scored against every top team, uh, and uh, you know he hasn't missed Riyad Mahrez, for example. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, by the way, uh, you know what 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 is your prediction on you know does he play uh, does he play well? Are you comfortable with with Riyad Mahrez as well? Yeah, I am. I would happily underpay for him in any league. No, I think yeah, I think he'll be fine. Stop being bitter. I think I, I can't. I won't ever stop being bitter about this deal. Mostly because I wanted Salah, um, but they yeah, can offer. I think um, I think he'll be fine. I think he's definitely gone this summer, but I think he's fine for now. Because like, what else is he going to do? Like sitting out for the rest of the season isn't going to make a team be like, yeah, let's go grab that guy. Like he's got to play. He doesn't have World Cup to worry about, so just go play. But I think his situation kind of messed the team up a little bit, and now that he's back, they can. Move on. Yeah. The other uh, thing, funny thing I th- saw, and you mentioned it, the whole Vardy, Vardy's goals against the top six, uh, it completely ignores the fact that all of the other guys in that group, who like goals against the top six, are in the top six and therefore don't play as many games as Vardy does against the top six. Yeah, and, and I but said it's a Jamie great record. Var- I get it. I yeah. get it. Jamie Vardy is the line of demarcation to me for forwards that matter. Like it's Vardy. Uh, and if you're below Vardy, to me, you don't matter. Everyone above, everyone above Vardy and Vardy. That's that that that's those are forwards that matter. Everyone else are dart throws. Uh, I think that's fair. I think it's, that's. I fair. mean, it, what, what's interest? What's interesting to me? One of the more reasonable about, things you've ever said. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, listen, I didn't know how to react react to that because it was so sensible. <laughs> it's crazy, right? So, I want to throw out another number at you here. Now, bear with me here. Okay. Leicester have scored 39 goals this season. I think that's good enough for seventh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. They've done it on 272 shots. Doesn't sound like that, a lot. It's a really good conversion percentage. Yeah. 
like well, un- Vardy's like we, really we good. like if that like if that was a player, it would be unsustainable. Yeah. Um, now let's compare. Like if you want to compare that, so let's say forty into two seventy. That's what like um, once every six or seven shots somewhere in that range. Yeah. No, well, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much once every uh, once every seven shots. Right, so forty times seven that'd be two eighty. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I so, think the the easiest way, how I would look at it, is um, let's see, is Chelsea right ahead of Leicester in goals? Yep, and that and, and they're one every ten, right? Pretty much, right? So it's fifty. Leicester you know, two seventy two, Chelsea four forty one. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I mean. I mean, the teams that shoot in the same. I mean, there there are teams way below them that have more shots. For example, Southampton have three hundred and twenty-seven. You know, yeah, Dusan Tadic is just letting it fly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's I mean, not a lot of the, shots. You're right. It's the th- yeah. I mean, they. I mean, they they're thirteenth when it comes to shots, but they're sixth or seventh when it comes to goals. Yeah, I mean it helps when like Shinji Okazaki scores six goals on. Yeah, but six uh, shots I mean, or something. <laughs> I understand that, but I mean that's that's what's weird about that's what's weird about Leicester offensively. You know, there's you know, it, it, it makes me it, what what I'm trying to translate this here to is I'm really uncomfortable with Jack Butland in this and and the Stoke defense, which a lot of people have been high on this year. Well, really? not this year. Recently, <laughs> sorry. I, I yeah, I mean, there. but it makes sense. I mean, we we've always looked at Leicester as a team that scores on the counter, and you tend not to take five shots on every counter. So, if you're only getting two or three opportunities a game, it's not going to lead to that many shots. Well, we we said we used to say this about Chelsea too, right? Like you know, don't play the opposing goalkeeper against Chelsea because you won't get the opportunities for saves, and they probably will score on you. Right. Yeah. So you Leicester's apply, definitely Chelsea. You can apply. You can apply that. Well, if you look at Chelsea's midfield, you'd be surprised. You wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, but you know, less. I mean, Leicester and Stoke. I mean, to me, it, it makes me shake in my boots to try to get, you know, a lower price. Let's say, like a, potentially a lower price defender or Jack Butlin to you know try to steal a start here. Uh, I wouldn't do it. Uh, but I would feel very comfortable with Harry Maguire, despite the fact that he's been, you know, fantasy wise terrible the past three weeks. That, that that's also because he's. You know, he's played against Manchester City in that time, I believe. So, it's usually yeah. a tough one to make an impact. But I agree. Well, he had, he also had a negative eight last time out too. Woo. That's in uh, Taga. Three, yeah, three goals. I think it was three goals yeah. against. That's what happened. Andy Yellow card. Andy Yellow card. No, Manchester City was five goals against. Oh, yeah. I've got Maguire fifth this week, which I thought was aggressive until you have him sixth. So, yeah, I I I wanted to go a little higher. I just. I, I don't know. His recent performances made me because I wanted to put him like top three this week because I really do like him this week. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, it's it's Jamie Vardy, it's Harry Maguire, and you know you can you can you can try to convince me on Jordan Shakiri. I'm never his biggest fan, so. Um, yeah, I mean he's not. That's pretty. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me on options. So you don't like Mares? I'm not. I'm not till I see it. Okay. You know, I like him it, a lot this week. It, I mean, a lot of people will. I, I'm gonna try Do to be a little so? more patient. Yeah, you, I think a lot of people will like him because oh, okay. <laughs> because this is a really good matchup. When you play Stoke at home, you should do well. Yeah, I just wonder how many people think about the whole 
the, the whole transfer thing that didn't happen and he's sulking. And I, I think people read a lot into that. Maybe I'm wrong. I do. I mean, he just got a lot of money taken away from him. He was going to get a pay rise out of that. He never actually had it. You know what I mean? The team, the, the Manchester City agreed with him with it. Uh, it. The money was there. Like it's just that the team didn't let him go, which is completely in their right. It, I'm not saying not saying they were right or wrong, but when you're looking at it from Riyad Mahrez's perspective, he had a contract in front of him that gave him a significant raise, and Leicester City said no. They didn't say no. They just said we no. Need they more. said no, and we and need more. Not, but they didn't get it. That, no, it's not that. No, they no. They they hit. They met the price. They no, met, no, no, they no, no, met no. Leicester's. No, 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 not even close. It's mostly because Leicester said well, we need ninety. Well, they and originally said sixty, and then when the, someone actually came close with this, I don't know. Do we need ninety now? That's not exactly a great way to do business either. <laughs> you if there's ninety mean? right away, does City consider it? Good question. Probably not. Really? You don't uh, think so? <laughs> that's a, that's no, I don't think... I, you really don't think but, they would pay 90? No, Man because... City. No, because they would only use Riyad Mahrez in like a backup capacity for like three weeks. Okay. But they were willing to pay 60 for that? Yeah, which is... I, I didn't say it was a good <laughs> idea. But, okay. that, but let's be honest, right? When, when Leroy Sané comes back, you know, Riyad Mahrez is down the pecking order one more on that team. Anyway... Uh, we talked way too much about this game already. Um, you don't see anyone else other than, you know, potentially Riyad Mahrez and then Jamie Vardy, Maguire, and then Shakiri on the Stoke side, right? There's no one else? Uh, I don't think I ranked anyone else, so no. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on to another exciting game to start off the 10 o'clock slate, which is Birdmouth on at home taking on a Newcastle side. Uh, this, this one screams uh, draw to me, just because both teams need points, but... Uh, what do we got here? We got uh, we got Newcastle at thirteenth, and we've got uh, oh god, just and tenth, yeah, Bournemouth at tenth. But it's Newcastle's thirteenth. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, right? Do you know the last time they scored more than one goal was December twenty third? So they haven't done it yet in two thousand and eighteen. That's correct. But it's only the end of February. Yeah, you know. <sighs> Birdmouth has done it six times since then. Yeah, once, I once love against Chelsea. Birdmouth in this game. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, but I can tell by your voice that you're a little excited about this for Birdmouth's side. Um, I don't know, man. You know, Rafa, uh, Rafa Benitez is going to try to play men behind the ball and see, and see how Birdmouth and see how Birdmouth break him down. Great, because that's exactly what they want. Give Birdmouth more of the ball and let them try to score. That's perfect. Yeah, oh, I, I I see a lot of I see a lot of potential for guys who, especially for guys who are chance creators. Not, you know, Junior Stanislas, for example. Um, I like him. You know, Jordan Stanislas, Ibe. Yeah, well, Jordan Wilson. Ibe's been on fire getting on the yeah. goal, getting on the assist sheet. Yep. Um, Fraser, yeah, Fraser, if he starts, I'd take yeah, any of the defenders. It, Begovic, and it's, and it's J O R D O N. Yes, for a, Jordan. For, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, that's what I I I I've tried to start that movement. Tried to start calling him Jordan, but it didn't. It didn't catch on Twitter. He has Jordan on his back, on the back yeah, of his jersey, and it's now, spelled right? Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Newcastle, nothing. I, I want nothing re- to do with Newcastle. Yeah, John Joe Shelby was available for me to pick up in EFSA. I chose not to. And you love John Joe Shelby. I do. I would I take do. Kennedy. 
He's the only one I'd consider, though. Yeah. And I, I probably wouldn't play him. No. Newcastle, it, there, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of panache when it comes to... When you have someone in Newcastle in your lineup, you're like, ugh. <laughs> I agree. And Josel, and Josel is available, and I didn't pick him up either. Like, I just... The threat of Dwight Gale. That's right. Ugh, gross. Anyway, Joshua King. Uh, Joshua King is actually... He hasn't been playing recently. Yeah, I want to give uh, Benji Wade... I want to give Benji Wade some significant props for that because he recognized it and wrote about it for Taga a few weeks ago about how King and Stanislas basically don't play together. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And I went back and I was like, he's absolutely right. They've played three times together this year. It hasn't been for a month, for at least a month, possibly two. And with the way that Burnmouth are playing, I see no reason for King to come back in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Until until something changes, uh, unless they need. I mean, having King off the bench is not a bad idea either. As like a, you know, you need some offense, and he can give it to you. But you know, it's you know, Burnmouth now getting healthy have some options. Yeah, for sure. But I still think this game's one one. Wow. Okay. Mainly because it, it, it's this this can be one of those games where Burnmouth open up early. Newcastle hit them on an early counter to make it 1-0, and then they put 11 behind the ball, and then eventually Burnmouth just break them down to get the, the draw. Job done for both teams. Didn't you say they score earlier? No, well, 1-1. I said 1-1. So Newcastle would score early, and then Burnmouth Oh, Newcastle would score break. early. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Because um, Burnmouth want to open up, especially at home, and try to take it to Newcastle, and then Newcastle hit them on a quick counter. And you don't think Burnmouth trying to get three points at home is better than Newcastle trying to get one on the uh, one away. Here's what I've he, I mean he, it's frustrating to me, right? Cuz from my personal sensibilities, I want to see the teams like Burnmouth who are trying to get 3 points all the time, trying to play with the ball, not teams like Chelsea for example or Newcastle who will throw up the white flag from minute 1 and just say we're we're going for 0-0, we are going to be cowards, we're just going to play defensively and, you know, hope we get a set piece or something for an offensive opportunity. And lo and behold, you know, a lot of the time, I I, I can't put a percentage on it cuz I just haven't done the research cuz I don't know, it's just it's just from my it's from my perception that the teams that play defensively, let's say Portugal in the Euros, right? You know, that style works. You know, it just it gets you it gets you results. It's not pleasing to the eye. It's not aesthetically pleasing. It's it's boring to watch. It's but it gets results. It's the the Jose Mourinho school of getting results. Yeah. So that's why I say it. Not because I personally like it or think it should be successful. It's just what I've seen. Um, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. But Burnmouth don't play that way. But <laughs> Burnmouth and Newcastle's Burnham not that good. Offensive juggernauts either, right? They're not. I disagree. All right, fine. There will just fine. We found a source of disagreement. They're. I think that they they can take advantage of teams that come at them with their. But I don't think they're going to take advantage of a team that puts eleven behind the ball. Hmm. Okay. Uh, they'll try, but I don't think they will. All right. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, 
This is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. All right, uh, let's go on to Brighton and Swansea. Uh, so how many teams have been better than Swansea in the past five games? Zero. One. Uh-huh. Spurs. <laughs> Actually, they better only on goal differential. Right. They're one of two teams that have not lost in their past five. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So it, it really is amazing. They're one of four that, teams with four wins in their last six. Burnmouth's another one. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, for Swan, I mean, it, but all of that means that Swansea are now in 16th. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why this is the case, but I get irrationally uh, optimistic about Swansea whenever they start to play well. Like, I'm... I, I don't know like, what it is. There's like a cult. There's like a cult following on my timeline for Swansea City. People really? who I didn't know followed soccer at all. Like, oh, ghost! Like, look, go, come on, you swans! I'm like, what? Yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I, yeah, that when I was looking or when we doing rankings this week, I'm like, oh wow, that's this is a great week for Jordan Ayew. Like, who from the midfield am I going to throw in there? And look at all these defenders, and I'm like, what am I doing? Why do I think Swansea City are that good? Away. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I do not know. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little worried for myself on this one because I mean Brighton is Brighton's been awful, but I don't know. I, I for some reason have fallen into this Swansea trap. But no, then I mean you, they, I go and I'm like, all right, who am I going to play? And I'm like, definitely Jordan Ayew. Well, like, Brighton okay, has been yeah, Brighton's been for, a lot better offensively at home, but they've actually been worse defensively at home. Brighton's so, Brighton are awful. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And yet here yeah. I am like, let me go play Fabianski wherever I can. And I'm like, did, wait, what? Did you know, did you know that the saves leader of this season so far is Lucas Fabianski? I did know that. Did you know I, David De Gea is second? I don't know which one's more surprising. Exactly. Actually, that's not true. I I mean I think the the I think De Gea is more surprising. Like when you th- when you think of saves, um, like you would have said at the beginning of the season, like yeah, uh, Swansea probably would have are probably going to have a ton of shots like shot at them. Yeah, no. I'll note I don't want to talk about the rest of my rankings, but I'll note that I ranked Fabianski first for this season back in August. Yeah, you did. I, I I don't want to talk about the rest it. of my rankings because <laughs> you just no want to talk about go down you just way. want to gloat about the one you got right I, right I'm gonna gloat about that and I'm gonna gloat about Mo Salah that's it game re- game recognizing game that's okay uh, so <laughs> soccer writer of the year uh, so Swan so for Swansea and Brighton right like when we look at Brighton did you know first of all that the most actual the most amount the highest number of accurate crosses comes from a man from Brighton. It's either Gross or Solly March. And which one do you think it is? Probably Gross. It is. Yeah. Now, what's what's more impre- what's most impressive to me is that uh, I, I got I'm gonna try and get the numbers right. Brighton Brighton have 108 accurate crosses total, right? Okay. And the and Pascal Gross has 50 of them. Uh, I think that's a reasonable percentage. 
that one person has more than like pretty much 50% of your accurate crosses? Yeah, because I think I'm pretty sure like a corner that's headed is considered an accurate cross and he takes corners and so that helps. Accurate crosses don't aren't accurate open play. Accurate open play crosses pretty much never happen. Like I bet the cuz like cuz like even a guy like Shakiri doesn't have that doesn't have that percentage. Um because Stoke have 112. Uh, yeah, there, there's also that. <laughs> there is also that. Yeah, like uh, Ashley Young leads the league in accurate open play crosses with 20. Yeah. Berg Goodmanson and Robbie Brady, in like the same. Like if you right. combine, if you combine them together, <laughs> they're amazing. I, that's yeah. why I was so crushed when Brady got hurt. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah yeah, yeah I mean, be, together. Correct. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's it. I mean, when you look at accurate crosses, it's pretty much everybody who takes corners: Gross, De Bruyne, Kabai, Shakiri, Berg, Goodmanson, Brady, Erickson, Richie, Cresswell, Moy, Olabas, Brunt. I mean, you just go down the list. That's it. Yeah. Huh. No. I, to me, there's really not a lot of sexy options in on Brighton anyway. But you know, it's Pascal Gross, and then everybody else. Yeah, I mean they. I'd like to see what happens with who they start up front, whether they stick with Murray or they go with Lacadia because he's, he looked pretty good. Uchoa scored in the FA cup. So, but like, I'm not taking these guys, but I'm just interested. <laughs> yeah. No pass all of them. Okay. Ugh. All right. Speaking of Robbie Brady and Burr Goodmanson, Burnley take on Southampton at home in a game that promises to be three, three because uh, all, because all logic points to zero, zero. Uh, I get it. I get it. Who's your favorite player in this game? None. Berg Goodmanson. Ahead of Ward Prowse. <laughs> yes. Okay. I Ward own Prowse both. I own a lot of. Sh- I own a lot of shares of Berg Berg Goodmanson, and I own at least one of Ward Prowse. Yeah. Ward Prowse has been. Ward Prowse has been everything we always hoped he would be. Sparingly. Not at all. He's been great. <laughs> in spurts. No, he's he's got like seven straight games of of great play. No, 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 no. Yeah, but this is like, but when you look at like the James Ward Prowse that people have wanted the past like two years, like it doesn't happen for periods of like long, like extended periods like this one. This is the first time it's been an extended period. Right. That's what I said. He's finally what we've always wanted him to be. I like him more than Berg Goodmanson in this game. That's. Yeah. Well, I, I like you the know two what? of them I, I, and nobody I, I, else, though. <laughs> about in which kind? In who? In which scoring? Anything. In Taga scoring, I'm willing to take that bet for Berg Goodmanson versus Ward Prowse. You would rather Berg Goodmanson? Yes. Wow. Okay. Right, mainly, mainly, mainly because of who the home team is. Right. <laughs> so, you know that that that's really more. The, I mean, it's because it's Burnley at home. Okay, that's fair. I think they're pretty close anyway, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Personal preference there, but I still want Burt Goodmanson before Ward Prowse, and there's not a forward I like. Um, I, mean, I think Nick I would po- play oh, Ashley Barnes. I wouldn't. Ugh, pass. <laughs> I'll play. Fine. I'll take. I'll take the upside of the unseen Guido Carrillo. Okay. Like you know, it's going to be a battle to one goal for the rest of the season. <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> the, like I said, all logic points is zero zero for this one, but it'll be three three somehow or three two. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like and Bert Goodmanson cards. and James Ward Prowse won't be involved at yeah. all. It, it'll be like a it'll be like a Brazilian soccer game where nine players get sent off. <laughs> no, these are or at least Burnley's a technical side here. Might yeah. they, they know what they're doing. I, mean, I, I, I for I'm assuming you've watched the highlight of that. The nine players getting sent off. I no, I didn't. Oh, it, it basically there was I a goal. The, sol- I saw the something from either Sofa scored or something that just showed yeah. all the reds, but. <laughs> yeah, all the highlights I saw, it just showed. It, all I saw was the referee just issuing the red card. Like I didn't see what actually caused it. <laughs> like I saw like a goal celebration and a couple people like were like butting heads together. Like no punches or anything were thrown. Like that's an instance where a bunch of yellow cards should come out. But they, it was just straight red. Everyone just got straight red. Like he was handing them out like it was Oprah's favorite things. <laughs> like, and then they had to stop the game because there weren't enough players left. One team only had six players left. Total. Crazy. Sounds anyway, oh, and, and at the and at the end of the game, when all the players approached the refs, which is supposed to be like a cordial thing, they had like armed police surrounding the refs. That's exactly how you want your game to end yeah. on television. Okay, we have uh, well, West Ham might need some protection after Liverpool uh, at Anfield. Uh, ugh, this just ugh. <laughs> I, I'm afraid for West Ham already. Um, uh, Liverpool, Sadio Mane started scoring goals again. Mo Salah. No, (laughs) fine. (laughs) That's correct. Not in the Premier League. But he has started to score goals again in general, just getting his confidence up, uh, which I think spells disaster for a lot of teams in the league because when you have Mo Salah on one side and you have Sadio Mane on another and then Roberto Firmino doing a little bit of everything in the middle, good God. Uh, That's the, I mean, the only thing that rivals that is City. Yeah, it's, uh, I agree. This game was a goal fest the first time they played back at uh, at the London Stadium. 4-1, Salah twice, Oxlade-Chamberlain even scored. That's how bad it gets. Sadio Mane had two assists. Matip scored, apparently. Um, <laughs> you don't. You still don't believe it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it all depends on how they line up after they had their Champions League game earlier this week. So, um I mean, I kind of assume all the regulars are in there. It's I don't know if Ox starts. He basically hasn't been ever since I said I liked him more than Mane. Um, so yeah. who knows? You know what's scary to me? The amount of players that have like a twenty-five percent uh, like conversion percentage for shot, like goals to shots. Um, like it, like there's a lot. I mean, Kerry Kane's not one of them. <laughs> well, no, he shoots way too much. He has 150 shots, which is 50 more basically than the next person. Yeah, I, I, it's a funny, it's funny you bring that up because I forget who it was. I, I kind of feel like it was Wallen because uh, anytime anyone says anything positive about Harry Kane, he brings up Mohamed Salah, which, uh, in his defense, is absolutely the right move. And I'm, no, I, no, I'm on his it, side on this conversation. And I'll still say Sergio Guerrero is more impressive than both. But right, of course you would. Um, because I'm right. <laughs> the I, it's funny how many people will go back and forth on that. They're like, well, it's it's actually much more valuable. Uh, and they put this trying to put this in a fantasy context, but like you you want guys with better conversion rates because when they shoot, they're more likely to score. And you're like, no, no. the other side's like, no, no, no. You want Harry Kane because he shoots all the time, and 10 percent of 100 goals is the same. You know, is is better than 10 or 20 percent of 30 shots. Sorry, did I say goals? I meant shots. Um, so like, you know, it's the whole efficiency versus volume where in like fantasy, like I, I understand the argument, 
for efficiency, but it only matters if the volume is the same yeah. and people in, kind of in, ignore in, that. In real life, what you're looking for is are they taking good shots, like shots you should take. Whether they go in or not is... See, yeah, I disagree. That... I, I, I disagree on the on the end of Kane. I, less so on the Tom Ince and Granit Xhaka. <laughs> but yes, fair, fair. You, you want those guys to not take as... But like, the, you know... I'm perfectly content so, with Harry Kane's poor conversion rate if he's shooting. So, can I have my Sergio Aguero minute, please? Sure, please. I thought you were going to wait for the city talk, but sure. No, well, it's because of the Salah stuff. Because like every because everyone's so because basically Salah has not basically he does have 22 goals on 49 shots on target. That's absurd. It is. That's absurd. But what's more impressive is Sergio Aguero has 21 goals on 39 shots on goal. Which is more absurd considering the position he plays that requires him to shoot a little more. Like, he, he's in the middle. He's the number nine. He's the guy who's dependent on to score. You know, Sergio Aguero has been just amazingly efficient. And he has five assists, too, which is which you don't think of Sergio Aguero for at all. And Salah has seven. Don't get me wrong. Like, Salah has, like, more of the counting stats. But if you're talking, talking about efficiency in a position where you rarely see it, um, Sergio Aguero's just been clinical and just a straight killer. Yeah, I mean, four it's like penalties. messy stuff. It's seventeen open play goals. Salah has twenty one open play, but yes, he's been awesome. Yeah, it's actually I, I, he's actually gotten see Aguero. In the, fi- the goals in like, are still there, but Aguero is actually shooting less this year. Which, from a fantasy perspective, I I don't want that. I want this efficiency with twice as many shots. No, what what you want is just less. You want you want a ton of shots and a ton of goals. That's what you want from your forward in in like a fantasy situation. Yes, you want Harry Kane. You want Harry Kane. <laughs> that's the point. That's why Harry Kane gets selected first a lot in drafts. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that does what he does. Uh, <sighs> sure. Anyway, Mosala, extraordinarily impressive. Uh, and like I said, if Sadio Mane starts getting that confidence down the other side, uh, just, just just look out. It, it, it's it's just, it, you know, it, it, if you give them the ball, your, your goaltender is just going to pick it up in the back of the net at some point. It's, it's basically like... Uh, what does Mosala need on the other side? Just someone with confidence on the other side who can free up some, so they can't just commit the people to one side of the pitch. So if what if they work gotcha, the ball gotcha, the other the side, if they work the ball the other side and Sadio Mane is there scoring goals, they can't commit the numbers to Salah's side. He can do his thing too. Sorry, it, I, I took that somehow as like a knock on his defensive. No, 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 like, no, what? no, 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 <laughs> not that. Become part no. of the conversation. <laughs> no, definitely not. But what I'm saying, what I, what I, what I need to say about Liverpool is this is like a really good pass rush in the NFL and their team is up by like 17 points in the second half. It's just meet at the quarterback. And then what, then basically what Liverpool is going to do is that they're going to meet at the goal for celebrations at this point. Yeah. There's just, there's not, there's not many defenses around that can stop them. And the champions league kind of showed that too. When I originally heard you say meet at the quarterback, I thought that meant like, like food. Like, and I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. This is a this is an M-E-E-T. analogy that is just way over my head. <laughs> You've never heard that before. You, they just meet at the quarterback. I, I have. Now that I know what you're talking about, yes, I have heard that phrase before many, many times. And for some, Not reason, everything I'm I say is about, about food, Andrew. Right. For some reason, I'm thinking about Muhammad Salah just throwing steaks at a goalkeeper. 
I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. What are we talking about? <laughs> Sorry. What what made let's less sense there? That the fact that there were stakes involved or that he was throwing them in a soccer game? Yeah. <clears throat> the, Using his hands. This was a classic Gottlieb move that I just, I didn't know what was going on. And then I had to think about it. You're just on another uh, level. And I just, that, it takes me a while la- to get up there. That loud noise you guys were hearing in the background was the grinding of the gears in Andrew's Sorry about that. Yeah, I had to, to reset a little bit. Um, do you like Michael Antonio in this game? Uh, or really, anybody I mean, from, from West, West Ham? From, well, with West Ham now, I mean, Marco Anatovic is, you know, is back. Uh, Lanzini's Antonio, back too, I think. Lanzini's back and Mikel Antonio looks to be back. Chicharito is back. Well, he's always been there, but looks like he's being used a little bit. Um, you know, on paper, West Ham, West Ham are paper giants. That's what they are. Yeah. You know, you, you really like the names and the styles of play that they present in theory on paper. It totally hasn't translated well on the pitch this season. Yeah, because David Moyes' name is at the top of the paper. <sighs> he, David Moyes is the uh, – what's the opposite of a paper giant? Like on paper, it's garbage. And on the pitch, it's also garbage. <laughs> That's Alan Pardew too. Oh, let's not, let's not uh, insult Moyes that badly. Well, we'll talk about Pardew next. But uh, for the West Ham side, I mean, I, Liverpool at home are much better defensively. So take it with a grain of salt. But Liverpool are also much better than West Ham everywhere. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and they're in form. They're playing well in multiple competitions. Right. Um, this game could be played in Mo Salah's backyard or Manuel Lanzini's backyard. I don't care where. <laughs> the, this, this is a very one-sided game. And I like, like you said, the, I love West Ham on paper. Just not this mm-hmm. week. Yeah, on paper, this matchup is still... Even on paper, this matchup is bad for West Ham. Yes. All right, Alan Pardew's West Brom side are at home taking on Huddersfield in an important relegation battle. I think they call them six-pointers nowadays, uh, which means that it, there'll only be two points in it. Right. <laughs> Everyone's going to be disappointed. <laughs> is this the worst game of the weekend? No, because the relegation factor is there. Like, worst game in terms of quality of players on the pitch? Yes, but because there are some stakes attached to it. Um, it, it like, if, it, if there were no stakes attached to it... I mean, for example, I think that the next game we're going to talk about, which is Watford-Everton, worse. It's going to be worse to watch because it's Big Sam taking on a counter-attacking team, and neither team is really that threatened by relegation. So it's just going to be boring. You sound like you're podcasting from the bird exhibit at a zoo. Yeah, I, there, there's a, <laughs> I, feel, I, I was just about to say, it feels like the vultures are surrounding my yeah. analysis for Big Sam. Right. Oh, I like it. I like it. <clears throat> Sorry, what was your question before that? I was thrown off. My question, oh, your question was, is this the worst game of the weekend? Right. And I said, no, I don't think so. I think Watford, Everton are only because there are stakes attached to no, S-T-A-K-E-S <laughs> attached to West Brom, Huddersfield. <laughs> I thought it was going to be another Big Sam fat joke. <laughs> Sorry, what can yeah, we talk about? West steak. Brom? He orders his steak by the pint as well. Yeah. Can we talk about West Brom Huddersfield still? That, that, that's what we're trying to okay. talk about. Sorry. Yes. Um, Aaron and Moy is out. To it. So um, there's that. I guess Alex Pritchard takes on a bigger role. Like I, There are guys in here that I would play. Brunt, Phillips, Rondon, absolutely. Uh, uh Van Lapara. Uh, what about Huddersfield's forward? Uh, I would, yeah, I would think about it. Depend, it depends who it is, but yeah. Did you see? Uh, 
Johnny Emmons got the armband back. Uh, hold on. Let me talk about that now. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot that we did a podcast uh, during that time. It is absurd to me that it, this was, I mean, how, how did they take the, like, the, the, they basically took the game plan of Oklahoma college football with Baker Mayfield and applied it to a completely worse situation in they actually stole a taxi and decided to just have fun um, in a foreign country. Um, My just, favorite part was that they... They just called it a taxi incident. Yeah, I can't remember if what I read ended up being the actual story or not. Either way, I'm going to tell it. Um, they ended up stealing the cab uh, after having the cab driver drive them to McDonald's, and they had the cab driver go into the McDonald's because they were, quote, too drunk to be served. And I'm like, you're going to McDonald's. How are you too drunk to get served at McDonald's? How are you a professional athlete eating McDonald's in the middle of the season? In first Spain. Of all, first of all, they're because they're professional athletes, they can eat McDonald's and it just goes right I through. I suppose them. They don't, so. Um, but hold on a second. <laughs> Let me, and also in Europe, uh, the food is of better quality of McDonald's than it is in America because there's different food standards. Um, hi, now getting off my food quality soapbox for a second. Um, for, you know, for, for, for this situation, I'm, I'm applying my personal sensibilities of what, uh, you know, without knowing like a hundred percent of the details, I'm trying to dictate what punishment should be and what accountability should be. Um, what Johnny Evans's role in this, like, was he the one who had the idea to steal the taxi? Was he the, like the, the ringleader of the drunk circus? I, I do not know. No, it was Gareth Barry. I don't know if it actually was. But the fact that those two were involved just made... My favorite part of it was that when it came out who it was, Barry, Evans, Livermore, and Myhill, it was like, if you gave me the list of possible guys that that did this, like, Evans and Barry are absolutely at the bottom of the list. So so here's the way I viewed the list of players. Boaz Myhill didn't fit, but, like, the three other guys, they were all reminiscing of the times when big clubs thought that they were talented, and now what came to their life was that they're sitting in the Midlands at West Brom and they're like, ugh, they're just really sinking into that depression going to McDonald's drunk. But um, they weren't there. Yeah. They were in Spain. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that, their, their career is wasting away in the Midlands, but they're now on this break and they finally get to feel like they're on top of the world again. And they're like, the only way we know how to do this now is to go to McDonald's because that's how we're treated professionally. Right. They're the McDonald's of professional players they were probably all reminiscing about when they used to travel to barcelona for champions league matches and didn't play. <laughs> yeah and like what what i and what i saw what i saw was like i mean for, for, from this is coming from someone personally who has tried to walk through a mcdonald's drive-through because the mcdonald's was closed on the inside and i really wanted mcdonald's and the only way to you know i, I didn't want to drink and drive so i walked to the drive-through window at mcdonald's and they refused to serve me Really? Huh. So, I'm not I'm not a stranger so to I guess the, the McDonald's... drunken McDonald's craving. I'm not a stranger to this. Yeah. Now, so you 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 like Johnny Evans were too drunk to get served at McDonald's. I see. Hold on a second. I was trying and, and I explained this in my inebriated state. I said, "So you would rather me drink and then drive up to this drive-through and be a danger to society?" Versus just walking up to this window to get served. I thought that was a really intelligent point, especially coming from a state of inebriation. 
And they still said no. We can't serve you because you're not in a vehicle. I'm like... <laughs> and that just incited some drunken rage in me, like, walking away and stumbling away back to my dorm room. And you made the mature decision not to steal a cab. Yes, I mean, and in, and yes, correct. <laughs> a beacon of hope uh, in this world, Mike. Thank you for... Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. This is why I've wound up being on this podcast and they've wound up being on West Brom making millions and millions of dollars. Okay. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, uh, there's... I mean, you can try to get excited about Salman Rondo and you're not going to... You're not going to... I'm not going to catch the fever. Uh, you're, you're, uh, perfectly, um, stubborn. okay doing it. Yeah. And very stubborn. Okay. Cause I still refuse to rank him. Uh, Watford take on Everton at the late game on Saturday. Uh, for this, for me, this, this is, a, I mean, it's, it's Theo Walcott, Guilfrey Sigurdsson. And if you're feeling very saucy and trying to be really out of the box, uh, you can try Jordan Pickford. Um, I, I have no interest in the fantasy perspective of this game i think this game is going to be utter crap really yes so you're not buying into the gerard de la Feu revenge game no i am not <laughs> uh i think this game has a better shot of being 3-3 than the burnley southampton one <laughs> big sam uh, if big sam has anything to do with it it won't be i mean everton have been playing well walcott has been great yeah, he has been. I said, Gilfie Sigurds, Gilfie Sigurds and Walcott. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm in. I'm in for that. But I do think largely this game is utter crap. I think this team would have been exactly what you always thought Everton should be if these guys were like three. If it was three years ago, remember when everyone was excited for Davy Clausen, <sighs> who I paid like forty eight dollars for in the EFSA. Um, oh, the, didn't know that was you. Yeah, it was me. Um, but just like the thing that you've always uh, talked about with Everton, specifically this year which is why you love Dominic Calvert-Lewin so much. You're like, they need speed. And like now they have Walcott and Balassi on two wings. And it's like, well, they used to be fast. And they're like kind of fast now, I guess. Theo Walcott's still fast. That's true. <laughs> Theo Walcott is definitely still fast. Yannick Balassi is returning from being fast, to be fair. Um, he's still I mean, he's still in recovery from that injury. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, but Seamus Coleman's What anybody back. says. What I've been saying for like a year and a half since I it happened. And everyone's like, you, you should go get Balassi. Pick- I didn't pick him up in any league. People right. I, you, you drafting won. Velocity this year. Goodness gracious. Did I? No, I was thinking about no, keeping you, Velocity. You. I was about to say, I didn't draft him. Preseason. Everyone, and then when the, when he starts training, like, you got to go get him. You can't let somebody else have Yannick Velocity. Goodness. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's still Yannick Velocity after a major surgery. Okay. And before the major surgery, the big knock on Velocity was he couldn't score. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now that he's slower... I'm sure he'll get his timing right. His finishing will be much better. Much now that better. He's not running Clinical. as fast. Soon we'll be talking anyway. about Sergio Aguero and Yannick Bellassi's finishing or conversion has rates. De- has David Lefeu passed uh, Richarlison? Uh, not yet. Not yet. The gap I've is small, of, though. I've now run out of things to talk about for Watford <laughs> and Everton. Uh, I don't think. I, I mean, I Jan Mott is always an option. Yeah. The best games are uh, the best games of the weekend are on Sunday and on uh, Sunday and Thursday. Yeah, always me. are. Well, how many <laughs> times do you have a game week that starts on Saturday and ends on Thursday, and no one has a double game week? Yeah, that is kind of weird. Although, in fairness, Arsenal and Man City will play twice over the over the game week. They just only count one of them for Premier League. 
<laughs> Good point. Okay, let's get to the Sunday slate, shall we? Uh, we have uh, Crystal Palace at home taking on Spurs in a London derby that no one really knows about. Um, <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've been waiting to talk about this game. Because I have to talk about Luka Milivojevic. 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 God. See, I looked at his name. Happened again. Anyway. Um, John Wallen said he's a must-own in Taga. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, So you agree? I I, I tried to trade. In the trade bar, I got Kabai. I actually wanted Milivojevic, and he refused to give him up. Wallen did? Yep. Well, he's just staying on brand. Um, Do you— Well, this this, this was like six weeks ago, though. Is he a must-start? I would say so. God, I can't believe this. Well, I mean, not, not that he's a must start in that he's like a top two or three, but he's definitely a top four or five in your team for sure. Uh, he's definitely, I mean, he's someone, if he's your top second midfielder, you, I'm, ner- I'm, I'm nervous for you. If he's your, he's likely your fourth or fifth midfielder. Right. So a fifth midfielder is not a must start. Uh, I mean, here's my thing, right? Like he's the... I, 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 he's a must start to me because I'm, I, I'm not as a fourth or fifth midfielder option. Uh, he's not like someone who's a dart throw at fourth or fifth midfielder, but typically on target teams, you have two or three guys that you're going to start every week. And he's just that fourth guy that you're just going to start every week. Wow. That's the way I view Milivojevic because I'm, I'm rarely ever play three midfielders. I'm it's a midfield friendly scoring. So yeah, Milivojevic is, He's someone who who can get points without scoring, and he also takes penalties for that team. Now, in this game, he, I'm not he also doesn't score that much without penalties. But sure, that, no, no. What I'm saying is, he gets points without scoring. I know. I'm saying he doesn't, and get he that takes many. penalties. <laughs> it's it's grossly overrated how many points he's getting without the penalties. Because people also include everyone's like, well, if you take away the the penalties, and it's like, well, if you take away the the goal, you also have to take away the shot on goal because he doesn't get that shot even. If he, it's 12 points for a goal, basically. Right. And everyone's like, well, look how many, you know, 15-point games he has. And it's like, all right, now take away the... No, take the, away the 12. The 12. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so he's got like a three-point game. Well, and, and, Six-point well, game. If, 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 if I'm not depending, I, I don't think that he's... like. He, that's why I say he's like an always start fourth or fifth midfielder because I can count on him for like... I feel like I can count on him for like eight points, which is exactly what I want from a fourth midfielder. I don't I think need you'd be explosive. surprised how few times he hits eight without a penalty. Well, like if you if you had said the, the, six, the, the, I would have said okay. No, eight, well, I mean, I want eight to ten out of all of my. Oh, of course, you of course you want it. Well, my, my teams traditionally score about 80, 90 points a week. Yeah, I'm like, just saying. The, I think you. I think for people who are being like, well, he's still great without the penalties. I think they're grossly underestimating the no, percentage but, of but, the penalty. But, uh, all right, all right, how about this? Let's take away the goals that Harry Kane scores. He's not that good of a forward. Like, he still gets those points. You know what I mean? Like, he gets them. They all count. Like you always say, they saying, all count the same. I'm not saying they don't count. I'm saying, well, it, it, and I it, use well, this exact phrase with, with John, I'm not saying penalties don't count. I'm saying you can't count on penalties. He also has a horrific schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. That's the smartest argument against so far to me. He finishes well because he gets them all out of the way, all the tough games out of the way. Oh, like, spe- speaking of Spurs fans, when, um, I believe it was Kevin. Yeah, it was, it was Kevin DeVries. But 
you know the the Spurs fan army is there's there's they 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 want to be so excited about something they're so eager to get excited that when someone just like I I, I did I not say something between I did not two. say anything controversial there I said just no one is guaranteed no one is a favorite for top four not even I even put United in there like no one's a favorite every there's so many twists and turns like just you know are they in the conversation absolutely should you be optimistic yes. No one's a favorite, though, because they all have the capability of playing badly for a stretch of time. I, I, I saw that back and forth between you guys, and I couldn't believe what you were saying. I almost felt like somebody <laughs> else was taking over your Twitter account. Because, because classic, I was like, stressing of patience? Of they could finish in the top. Like, he was taking a stand. I know and you were that. like, well, I don't know. I, it could be. Who knows? No, uh. I, I appreciate the I appreciate the fact that someone was taking a stand. And what I was saying is, I don't... like. Like, I don't think Chelsea are favorites. I don't think anyone's a favorite. All, two through five, they're all the same team. You, you were not <laughs> taking a stand. I, I, you were that, specifically my, saying. My, my, yeah, my stance, is I, my stance is I don't have a favorite. Like, no one, the only favorite right now is number one. Like, who, like the only competitive, there's no competition for number one. Every other spot in the table, there's competition. Right. I'm just saying, as somebody and, and, who and appreciates a stand as much as you, I couldn't believe yeah, I know, that you were... I, it was off brand. Okay, I'll give you that. It was off brand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but was but but was I wrong? No, I was. Of course, you weren't wrong. Because <laughs> I, I I couldn't be wrong. Yeah, but what was right, what, right. what was taking exactly. me back? What was taking wrong. me back was how aggressively, like 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 it was just how aggressive people were coming at me for not taking a stand. I'm like, come on now. Let's, like you're. you're you're, you're, from you're throwing darts who, at a smoke screen. <laughs> from somebody who was reading this from an outside perspective, you were the only aggressive one in this conversation. Just because, like, just because I said it was foolish to consider anyone a favorite. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So, so that, so hold on, a second. that was my take. His, it was his, aggressive. Like, like his my tweet take was, was basically he thinks that Spurs have a very good chance of finishing in the top four. No, he like, said they are ridiculous. favorites. He said they Everybody are favorites. Does. He said they are the favorite, like the top favorite to finish top four. I believe because he said of they the are running. a favorite. <sighs> a favorite. Which he is not wrong about. Well, a, fa- a favorite. I mean, there's only four teams to choose from. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I believe he is right, that they are a favorite. And you were like, you can't say that. How dare you have an opinion about that? No, it's not... All right, fine. My opinion the, is that any the, of them could right, finish fine, in the top all right, four. All right, here, here was my original argument. At the peak of how of how well Spurs are playing, right? They are at their peak. They are peaking right now. They are not playing any better. And the teams above them, most of them, not playing any worse. Liverpool, between Chelsea and United, that, okay. they've never played worse this season, right? And at the height and the and the depth of those two things, Spurs are still fifth. Well, because they were behind anyway. That's my point. <laughs> Everyone, like every team goes through these ups and downs. There's going to be an up and there's going to be a down even from here till the end of the season. It happens. Every year it happens. Ask Liverpool when they were trying to win the Premier League. It just happens. Right? Like You know, Spurs finished below Arsenal that one year, even though they were leading, they were above Arsenal the entire season. Right? Like these things just happen. You know, like Spurs fans of all fans should know that things just happen towards the end of the season where unexpected results happen at the end of the season. It doesn't turn out the way you wanted or you think you deserved. It just happens all the time. And that's all I'm trying to say. With that in mind, the most optimism should be around Liverpool and around Spurs. 
It should. Manchester United and Chelsea, there's nothing to be optimistic about. They just would, got would you call them from favorites to finish in the top four? All four of them are favorites to finish in the top four. They can't all four be favorites in the top four. <laughs> I'm saying there's not a lot separating those four teams. Who everything you, you try to fifth? Everything you say, everything you say about all of those teams, you can say about the other. Every single one of them. Like, there's no bit of analysis you can give me about Spurs that I can't say about Chelsea, that I can't say about United, that I can't say about Liverpool. Who do you think finishes fifth? Uh, uh, if I had to take a guess today? Yes, I'm asking. Not even today. Right now. Oh, right now? Who do I think? Like, if it ended today, I think Spurs are finished. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm asking you right now who you think will finish fifth after 38 game weeks. Only because I'm so naturally pessimistic, I'm going to say Chelsea. Okay. I, I mean... There was a small part of me that thought you were going to say Arsenal just to mess up the entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> to be totally honest, it crossed my mind. To be honest, it crossed my mind. Yeah. But I I chose to go with what my first thought was, which right. was Chelsea. But when you lose to Ostersons at home on a Thursday, maybe you don't get consideration for top five anymore. Okay. Okay. So Was uh, there a game we were talking about? Crystal no, Palace, Tottenham, uh, Sp- Andrews Townsend Revenge Spurs. Games? Who? Andrews Townsend Revenge Game. That's a big one. Did Van Anhol play for Tottenham? Ever? No. No? No. Uh, No, he was on Sunderland. Yeah, wasn't he with somebody before that? Chelsea. Uh, Right, right, right. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we've got a Townsend Revenge Game. He seems like somebody who could be filled with revenge. Now that he's played them six times since he left. Um, But I got nothing to say. Yeah, all Spurs. Maybe Lucas Moura starts. I don't know. All Spurs all the time. Yeah. Would you right. rather play Deli Alley or Yoan Kabai? De- Alley. Okay. I mean, Yoan Kabai. Deli Alley is the reason you, I don't want to talk about Do you think Yoan Kabai is going to get a ton of corners this game? What's that? Do you think Yoan Kabai is going to get a ton of corners in this game? <laughs> no. There's, there goes his value. Yeah. Okay. He does a lot more than that, but. Yeah, but no. Not against Spurs. Okay. He's going to be primarily. Def- I mean, the fact that yellow cards count so negatively is also a problem for me. Because Johan Kabai will get one. In my, I can't see a scenario where he doesn't get a yellow card against this team. Okay, that's fine. And like, even, so for Palace, Mamadou Sako, like I said, he's he's looks like he's back. Um, I'm even if he is back, I don't want to start him. Yeah, I agree. But he's someone who, against almost in almost any matchup for Crystal Palace, gets points. Like he finds a way to get points. Kind of like Johan. Co- oh wait, never mind. Kind of like Johan Kabai. <laughs> All right, but anyway, take your Spurs options. I'm assuming that the majority of the daily players on Sunday are going to stack up on Spurs anyway, because the next game, which is Manchester United against Chelsea, promises nothing offensively. This should be pretty nothing. Good. Nothing. Nothing but despair. Against two teams that are just trying to race to zero zero. Yeah. Yep. I got nothing to add. The game with I mean, this many like fantasy options, and I want no part of it. Here's I mean, here's another thing, right? Like, like, so the options that you would get excited about, right? Paul Pogba, not sure if he's going to play. He didn't even start in the Europe uh, in the uh, their Champions League. Th- thank you, their Champions League game, like. He looks like he's in the doghouse. Alvaro Morata, 
uh, or any any number nine, not currently in the not currently in the starting eleven even for Chelsea's Champions League game, which I was complaining to you. I was like, look, they are playing like cowards, and they were hoping that someone Shakiri to ball in. Lo and behold, Willian did, but almost did it two more times. He it's he's true. so good. I just found myself screaming at the television while on mute on a conference call for work. Why doesn't he play more? Why doesn't Willian play more? Um, and what's I mean, these are two teams that try to do the same thing, right? They try to counterattack, and they're not going to let the other team open them up, right? And it's just going to be a bunch of pass, pass, pass in the midfield. I have no idea who's going to play for Chelsea at all. Uh, what I did like is, you know, they've been starting. They've been starting to play Fabregas in the middle with just Conte. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, because Bakayoko's banged up. Well, and because he's been terrible. Uh, and but they haven't done like the Danny Drinkwater thing. They haven't done the Ross Barkley thing in a while uh, in one game, which is thank you. Um, but I have no idea what they're gonna. I, the tactics they're gonna try to employ for this game against Manchester United. I have no idea if they're gonna try to attack on the road or just try to put ten or eleven behind the ball like they did against Barcelona. Uh, I don't either. So with that in mind, like, I, I think if I had to guess, Chelsea are going to play the Italian way, which is to you know, you know, they're going to frustrate you into they're going to try to frustrate you into making a mistake and then they take advantage, which leaves zero margin for error, which is what you saw against Barcelona. These two teams, Manchester United and Chelsea, give themselves zero margin for error in because of the way that they play. Something that I don't think is talked about enough is what Manchester City does is they allow themselves margin for error because you know they're going to score like two or three goals. So if the defense makes a mistake, that's okay. Like even if it's early in the game. I understand that that's not 100% the case. There's, uh, for example, their last game um, in in FA Cup, right? Where, where they got where they crashed out, right? It's not that they let up one shot on target and it happened to go in from that dude, Will Griggs or whatever. Will Griggs is on fire. Um, but... Low, you know, for the law, the law of large numbers, the law of averages. Manchester City. The reason why they are such favorites is because they allow their defense, which is you know from from man marking, you know, man to man defender standpoint, is a little shoddy. But they don't need to be perfect because of the system in which they play and the fact that they go for goals all the time. That's the way you beat the bad teams: is you allow yourself a margin for error defensively, and. Because it's just so hard to defend for 90 minutes like that. Always be on and always trying to get that clean sheet. Screw the clean sheet. Go Get three. Get three goals. Try to get three goals. Get four goals. Anyway. Soapbox. <laughs> so do you think this is 1-1, one, 0-0, one, zero, zero, or negative 1 to negative 1? Negative 1 to negative 1. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, the, the, they're going to try to put up golf scores. That's the way I'll put it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So you love the defenders and goalkeepers. In FPL. Sure. Yeah. Eric Bailly's back. He is. I mean, I think that's huge for United's yeah. defense. Yeah. Huge. Huge. I don't think... I mean, it really hampers my, you know, excitement for anything like Eden Hazard can do. Um, I mean, Eric Bailly is... He's the next evolution of defenders. He's a guy who's big, he's strong, and he's quick. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, imagine Kurt Zuma who can defend. <laughs> like, it's, he's not quite as big as Zuma. No, he's not as big as Zuma, but he's he's length. He's, uh, he has height. Yeah. Yep. For sure. But but he is quick. He he is quick for days. Um. So, you know, it, 
Ugh. Ugh. Just this game is so frustrating to me for on multiple levels. I anticipate nothing from the line of entertainment. Like for example, on Sunday, I, I like to go to the gym at like nine thirty on Sunday morning, and. I don't want to watch this game while on the treadmill because it's going to bore me to tears and it's going to make me hate running. Uh, there's probably a Bundesliga match on that you could watch instead. They're always exciting. But yeah, they, I don't get those games on the on the the uh, the treadmill TV. Really? No Bayer Leverkusen at Schalke and Fox Sports One. Well, I don't get Fox Sports One. Some of the treadmills don't even get. Uh, some of the treadmills don't even get NBCSN. What kind of communist gym is this? My gosh, <laughs> it's a YMCA. Oh, do they have Wi-Fi? They do. Yeah, they like, Fox Sports. I, Go I, I can, I can, I could watch it. Yeah, I can watch it on my on my iPhone X, which is has a decent size screen. Yeah. But when you're running, you don't want to try to zoom your eyes into a really small screen yeah. the entire time. But like, listen, but like, like listening to the Manchester United Chelsea game is going to be really boring. That's my point. Okay. Fair foul. Yeah, that's fine. Let's talk about a game that's a week from today or yesterday. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Arsenal Man City and how Man City are going to absolutely destroy Arsenal. Are they? I uh, no, Arsenal cannot put up a capable defense against this team. They cannot. Um now they might score. They might score some. Like this might be like 4-2-5-2. I, I, I do see go- I, I do see a lot of goals in this game. Yeah, I agree. It'll be the opposite of the other one. Correct. They may all be on the Man City side, but no. I mean, I, I do see Arsenal being able to 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 score. You know, being able to press in the midfield strategically and get a goal off of that. I do see that. Do you think Pep goes out of his way to destroy Arsenal for screwing yes. him on Alexis Sanchez? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I see them going going through Arsenal like hot knife through butter for multiple reasons. One, to show that Arsene Wenger doesn't deserve that job. Uh, secondly, I can, I can maybe, assure you they could lose ten nothing. He keeps his job perfectly. Fine. I know, I know that. But the system, but Arsenal don't play aggressively enough to press. They don't play defensively enough to defend, and they don't play possession enough where it's effective, where that they can do like the tiki taka thing. I don't know what the style is. It's like a hybrid of all of them, but capitalizing on none of the advantages. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. It's a team that kind of wants to do certain things. They, they, like, like they're trying to be like in video games, like the the well balanced creative player. Like they're not great at anything, but they're just really good at a bunch of stuff. But against a team like Manchester City, that won't work. You need you need to be good at something. Yeah, I agree. Can't believe, you agreed with me so much, and yet we fought quite a bit. If we could have just made this half the length it was, it would have been a great podcast. Yeah, this is why we don't win awards anymore. Or ever. It's, it's 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 totally my fault. Why? I I my, my, I've been off my game on taking stances, even on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't even know I you anymore. To, yeah, I, I need. Yeah, I. I I'm really losing my edge in my old age. For somebody who appreciates somebody who stays on brand, you're not staying on brand at all. <laughs> Maybe my brand's evolving. Maybe I'm getting older and less uh, emotional about things. Yeah, I don't think that's the brand people signed up for. 
<laughs> well, I'll try to do better the next time on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We will end on that note. Thank you, everybody, for taking a listen. Uh, we had a lot of good show today. Uh, a lot of good steak talk for uh, both S-T-A-K-E and E-A-K. Okay, uh, so uh, definitely take a listen for the steaks. Uh, but uh, thank you for joining us this week, and we will catch you again uh, a little earlier next week. Uh, there might, there may or may not be a big announcement. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, we'll talk to you next week on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer podcast thanks again for joining us thank you for listening to the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast for more great content visit rotowire.com soccer everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.